There's there's blood all over my balls. I got blood on my balls. All over. And you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, and I've had like 357 men, you know, inside me. And with me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Get ready for 358. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. And then we review and rate them using our unique system. The system is as follows. I'm describing it to you now. Run-of-the-mill bad film, that is rated a dare. Double dare is the rating we give to the truly atrocious movies. And the reverse dare is the hallowed. This is like the the ultimate goal for every movie is to get the reverse dare. Because that means it's a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing The Jesus Rolls. We're also going to read some movie dares sent in by our listeners, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about the beers we're drinking during the show. Corky, why don't you go first? I am drinking a Farmer's Brewing Co. 530. It's labeled as an unfiltered weed ale, and I'm about to take a sip right now. Where Where is Farmer? It's somewhere Princeton, north, California. Right? <laughs> Princeton. Yeah, it... It's all stuffy East Coast wasps running Farmer's Brewing Company. Classic Princeton behavior up there. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about Farmer's Brewing. I've heard that it's a really cool tasting room up there. Unfortunately, you know, didn't get a chance to go before all of this stuff. I mean, we're, we're so used to me and my wife. We were just talking about this to taking day trips during the day to all these Northern California breweries, not just in Sacramento, but in Davis and... Woodland and Roseville and Rockland and El Dorado Hills and Elk Grove and on beyond. And uh, just really excited to get back to that hopefully this year. No kidding. Amen, man. Uh, I have a little bit something different today. I've actually wanted to talk about this for a while. Um, You know, a lot of people during the pandemic, they've got extra time on their hands. They're finding new hobbies. They're finding new interests. They're expanding their current interests. One of the things I've actually gotten into during the pandemic is uh, distilled spirits and cocktails and things like that. Yeah, I've never really been into that. I've never really drank hard alcohol or been into cocktails or anything like that. Not like I hate it or anything like that. I've just been a beer guy. Um, But I have been sampling around at some of our fantastic local distilleries in this area, places like J.J. Pfister. Uh, in Rancho Cordova, places like California Distilled Spirits. I forget where they are. They're somewhere up there. Um, Today, I am drinking a selection from Dry Diggings Distillery in El Dorado Hills. They're also known as Amador Distillery. I am drinking their Bodie Five Dog Single Malt California Whiskey. Yes, this is a Northern California-made single malt scotch. They can't call it scotch because we're in America. You can't do that. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't know that. Made here in Northern California. It is beautiful looking. I have a little glass, quirky, as you should say. I'm swirling it right before the camera there. I'm big on the swirling. (laughs) Now I'm nosing it. That means smell. And now I'm going to drink the thing. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Smooth, but complex. It's dancing around on your freaking tongue. It's so good. Yeah. Dry diggings, they do absolutely fantastic work. Support your local distilleries. Don't just support your local breweries. Support the distilleries. They're also doing great work. So many of these places, they converted to using hand sanit- uh, making hand sanitizer during the pandemic. I mean, these places have like really, they go out of their way to do something for the community. That's the thing about craft breweries, craft distilleries, as opposed to your giant places, your Jack Daniels and so forth, yeah. is that... They really pour it back into the community. It's a community thing. So even if the 
product is exactly the same, it's still better to buy craft because you're helping yourself. You're helping your neighbors. And Anyway, yet another tangent by Dan Barnes. <laughs> I, I'm drinking scotch at 1130 in the morning. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, <laughs> uh, Quirky. Yeah. One thing I was thinking is that we were talking about this during Norbit, and I don't know why I didn't think about this at the time, uh, when we were recording our little, of course, we did a rerun in our last episode, but we recorded a new intro in it, so download it again and listen to it again. It's a whole new experience, for God's sakes. Completely new. Anyway, one other thing you were talking about is how uh, Thandie Newton said that when she was shooting the film that she was always acting opposite <laughs> a double yeah. and never opposite Eddie Murphy yeah. like any shot where <laughs> it's an over-the-shoulder shot or something like that. Unless his face is literally on screen. There's like they're not gonna be in the shot together. And I was just thinking, like, why can't I do that? Right. There are so many times <laughs> where you are just yapping away, and I'm like, do I need to listen to this? I don't need to listen to this. My line doesn't come up for a while. <laughs> why can't I just have a stand in there? Yeah, and they'll they'll sit there, they'll breathe, they'll go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. they'll pretend to laugh at your little bit. And then it's my turn to talk. I come back in. You go. I'm out. Uh-huh. You're done. <laughs> like, after a while, I'm back in. <laughs> if, Why can't that work? I don't know, because it's so strange you bring that up, because there's so many times where I feel like I'm just working with a dead Daniel. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm working with someone who's not actually there but is supposed to be there so it's really sure. convenient to do this absolutely absolutely maybe get you jibbles or sp- get jibbles <laughs> you or spuds <laughs> your cat or your dog just get them up there to listen to me yammer on because i think the care. depth of what jibbles your cat would respond to is about the same <laughs> she would be much more popular than me if she was the coach oh the show. tell me about it yeah, she's also just, you know, it's like taking Trump off Twitter. It's just too dangerous to give her the microphone, you know, honestly. <laughs> you th- the things she could incite. You thought this week was bad. <laughs> the entire country would shut down because they'd all just be napping. <laughs> Corky, yeah. dares. Our listeners have them. We want them. They are our food. They nourish us. Without them, we would starve, uh, wither, and die. I'm just laying it out there for you, yes. all right? You Do you want, want me to sugarcoat it? <laughs> then, okay, here it goes. Um, yeah, listener dares. They've been sending them to us on the Schmied. Thanks, all of our listeners. You happy now? <laughs> all right, first dare. Quirky. Should I read it? Yeah, go for it. First dare comes to us from Deep Throat. Now, is this the- This is our Deep Throat. This is an anonymous person who is who is supplying us with this dare. They, they, they're too hot. You think it's hot. The, you think it's the Watergate Insider, not the actual porn movie daring us? No, I think this is like our deep throat. Mm. Well, that to be fair, Paolo from 365 Days was our deep throat. But this is an anonymous person who is supplying us with information. <laughs> was it Paolo? I don't know. But good with names. Uh, what do you got for us, anonymous? He has, he or she has holiday. Hey, holiday. Holiday. Date. It's a 2020 Netflix release. It's directed by John Whitesell. It stars Emma Roberts, Luke Bracey, and Kristen Chenoweth. This was like a kind of a popular, one of the like top 10 right there with 365 Days Netflix movies of this year, I do believe. Why does Anonymous want us to watch this film? He says, I haven't yet listened to you suffering through the holiday movie, which was Holiday Engagement. Go back and check that out. But was subjected to one the other day by my, that my 23-year-old daughter promised me was not like all the others. And she was right. First of all, if it had been released to theaters, it would have been R-rated. 
Holidate, starring Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey. And at one point, Kristen Chenoweth describes her clitoris, I laughed more at this than the three times Corky laughed at Lucky Numbers. Still bad, still predictable, but there was some enjoyment in there. Could be a Christmas movie, could be in any holiday movie. Hmm. IMDb synopsis says, fed up with being single on holidays, two strangers agreed to be each other's platonic plus ones all year long, only to catch real feelings along the way. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, <laughs> just, I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> when was that? What? Because they started off not liking each other. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, because Anonymous has made an anonymous donation to our very unanonymous podcast. Holiday will be our Valentine's Day movie this year. Hey. Any holiday? How about the love holiday? Take that. And now, our feature presentation. The Jesus Rolls. Dare to us by, now you speak this name ref- with reverence. Mm-hmm. You say it with solemnity. <laughs> Hall of Fame, Hev. Heather Smith. She says, big, big Lebowski fan over here. Was excited but apprehensive when they announced a flick about one of the grossest characters from one of my favorite movies, The Jesus. I mean, who licks a bowling ball for luck, really? (laughs) That's like licking the floor of a public bathroom and hoping you win big money at the bingo hall later. I have not seen this movie. It feels like they took an SNL one-joke character and tried to make a full feature with some pretty one-note jokes. It bums me out to see such a crazy, talented cast star in an even speedier night at the Roxbury. I mean, they got Amelie, for gosh sakes, hoeing it up in a filthy landscape of middle America. You can't do that to a charming Frenchie. It ain't right. Please do our dirty work for us. Don't make me watch him lick dirty balls. <laughs> and to the <laughs> listeners, donate for heaven's sakes. you got to keep these guys fed and well beer watered. Wow. That's a real thing. Thank you, Heather. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Heather. I should also mention Heather sent, I don't know if you saw this on yes. Twitter, but she sent us a really nice message. That was wonderful. Just saying, you guys are like the only thing keeping me sane right now while white supremacists are storming the Capitol. Which I didn't expect to ever say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> But thank you so much for the dare, and thank you for the donation as well. The IMDb synopsis for The Jesus Rolls. A tree of misfits whose irreverent, sexually charged dynamic evolves into a surprising love story as their spontaneous and flippant attitude towards the past or future backfires time and time again. Yes, The Jesus Rolls. Of course, it is a... I don't want to say sequel to The Big Lebowski. It doesn't even seem to take place in the same universe. It's very um, odd. It's, it's Lebowski-adjacent, let's just say. Written and directed by... John Turturro, who is also the star, reprising the role of pederast bowler Jesus Quintana from The Big Lebowski. Film also doubles, this is where things get weird, as a remake of Bertrand Blyer's 1974 film Going Places, uh, a movie that is celebrated, but which Roger Ebert at the time called, quote, the most misogynistic movie I can remember. So it's got that going for it. Uh, The Jesus Roll stars Turturro in brownface again, as well as Bobby Cannavale, Audrey Tauto, that's Amelie, Pete Davidson, John Hamm, Sonia Brogger, Christopher Walken, and a lot more one-scene wonder type roles. Lots of favors cashed in. Lots of other Coen brother actors. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lots of people were uh, cajoled into making an appearance in this movie. Coen Brothers had no interest in making a sequel to Big Lebowski or a remake or an extension or whatever, but they did give permission to Turturro to develop this movie. 
It was shot in 2016, but did not screen until it premiered at the Rome Film Festival in October 2019, (laughs) over three years after it was finished. Finally released theatrically in the United States on February 28, 2020. Only played in four theaters before getting sent to VOD. Earned a little over $18,000 at the domestic box office. So uh, not a success necessarily at the box office. Not that it could have been with all the theaters closing two weeks after it opened. 21 on Rotten Tomato, 44 on Metacritic. So not a big hit with the critics either. The film does have some defenders. David Ehrlich of IndieWire said, quote, The freewheeling Jonathan Demi energy only grows more infectious as the film drifts along. How dare you? However, Michael Rechtschaffen of the Los Angeles Times called it, quote, a gutter ball of a sophomoric white middle-aged male sex farce fantasy that quickly wears out and already tenuous welcome corky yeah whose side are you on in Ehrlich v rechschaffen debate are you ready to get down on your knees and air lick 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 my balls or do you want to get fucking rechschaffen don't ever don't ever (laughs) give me those options again (laughs) those are the only two options i'm sorry this Uh, movie has painted me into a corner i I would go with Michael Rechtstoffen as calling it a gutter ball, but I don't think the movie even treats bowling enough to warrant that metaphor. This movie has one bowling scene that turns into a samba scene. There's, yes, it does. <laughs> it's so backwards. I would say this movie didn't even get off the rack. Like This movie sat around trying to pick out the ball and couldn't find yeah. it. I don't know what this it's, movie was. So Let me ask you this. Even pulling it apart, I still don't know. Watching it, it took me three quarters of the way to figure out that it was going places. When they started dressing alike, that's when I I recognized it. (laughs) But before that, I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? It would have been more sensical had the movie just been Jesus coming back and then doing all these weird adventures than just making... a full-on remake. But doing (laughs) Jesus Quintana from Big Lebowski. Why did he need to get inserted into that? Exactly. Or if you wanted to bring him back, why not tell his story? Why do any of the things that do? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you see it and it doesn't make sense, and then someone explains it to you and it makes less sense yes, and exactly. makes you angry. <laughs> like, first of all, to Heather, thank you for the dare, and to anyone who is thinking about watching this film because they're a big Lebowski fan, let's disabuse you of that notion right away. Do not do that. Do not. Do Don't that. do that. There's no reason for you to do that. You get a few really cheap callbacks. We get the nobody fucks with the Jesus line like three times in the first five minutes. We get the one bowling scene, as you said. Other than that, there's no relation to the Big Lebowski, either in story and character or tone or and certainly not quality. As we said, basically, he took the Jesus character from Le- Big Lebowski, surgically removed him, and put him into a remake of Going Places. I don't know why. Why? The twist on it is this kind of stepbrothers-y thing where everyone in the Jesus role is like 30 years older than their counterparts. That's right. (laughs) Going places who are all like adolescents. And like the woman who was uh, Jean Moreau, who was like in her 40s. And in this film, it's uh, Susan Sarandon, who's in her 70s. Everyone is like way older than they should be. They shouldn't be a bunch of, this is about a bunch of horny kids going across. Yeah, that's right. Petty, petty thugs, horny kids, like uh, rebellious teenagers, things like that. These are all like adults. It's so weird. Um, So yeah, the film won't impress fans of Lebowski, won't impress fans of Going Places, but also just taking it on its own terms, it's all still really bad. 
and it's just very confused about itself and what it wants to be. It's just like no idea of like, why was this movie made? Who was it made for? It all just seems like a goof. But boy, there's a lot of resources here towards what I guess is just a goof, including all of these like star cameos and stuff. Ah, it's baffling. All right, let's get started. Let's go. The tonal atrocities, they're coming hard and fast. They're coming right away. We open in a prison, so we hear like some Mexican guitar. Um, we see Jesus in his cell doing pull-ups like Max Cady in Cape Fear. He's getting all dressed and ready to go. We see like, you know, what we know as Jesus from the Big Lebowski. He's got long dreadlocks. He's got a hairnet. He's got a goatee. He's really slimy looking. Um, but then as he's leaving his cell, he passes a cell where the guitar players, the guitar that's on the soundtrack, the players are actually in the cell singing the music that's on the soundtrack, in- which is a very Coen's Brothers-y kind of a touch, right? Because it's like the sort of story within the story kind of thing. It's also completely at odds with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Nothing, no, no fourth wall breaking type stuff happens for the entire rest of the film. <laughs> Just like in this opening scene, they're like, all right, this is what it is. You're like, that's not what it is, though. It's <laughs> never like that again. So we get the first of what I call the one scene wonders, the people who are like, all right, Totoro, I'm going to give you 90 minutes on set. All yeah, right? yeah, 90 yeah. minutes. You shoot all these scenes right now. So it's Christopher Walken as the warden. Um, John Hamm, I should say, has two scenes, but they were shot in the exact same place. Yes. <laughs> like they were all on the same set, so you know that they did not. They would come back tomorrow, John Hamm? No. No. Shoot it now. So we find out that uh, you know Chris Falken's the warden. Uh, Jesus getting released because he won them the big bowling uh, contest, you know. They retcon that he's not a pedophile anymore. He's yes, te- they try to rip that off right away. Yes. The what's a pederast Walter Band-Aid, yep. right? Because like... He's a pederast. That is a defining thing about his character. So we see this flashback where he's in a urinal or he's in a bathroom and he's at a urinal peeing and there's a kid, like a little seven-year-old boy, like two urinals down, who looks over and looks at his penis and is like, wow, that's big. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jesus like turns to him and is like, yeah, it's really big, but you know, to be a man, you got to have big balls. And then like, apparently the child's father comes out of the the stall behind him and we're, he, uh, Jesus says, six months at Chino for taking a piss. I ain't no sex offender. It's not a very convincing argument. No, you're exactly. You're going like, I think you are a sex offender. <laughs> the scene that you like, show us to prove that you're not a pedophile does not dissuade us of the notion that you're a pedophile. Kind of, you are way too casual talking to a child with your penis out. <laughs> with your penis out talking about your penis. <laughs> no, the kid really wanted to see my penis. <laughs> Talk to the kid. Unbelievable. Yeah, and considering, I don't know, this is just a weird thing about it. Considering what happens in the rest of the movie, how it's just about these two guys trying to get laid all over the place, and considering the going places source material which was like very shocking at the time still is shocking yeah why not just lean into it right you know what i mean like why do you need to have a thing here where you excuse the character yeah like really lean into he's a fucking disgusting pig if this character is getting brought back there's a there's already an acknowledgement that there are fans of the Jesus character. There are right. fans of a character knowingly where one of the things said about him is eight-year-olds dude eight-year-olds just lean in like, why make a remake of this incredibly disturbing movie if you're going to tone down the things that make it disturbing? People who are supposed to be teenagers and making them, like, 45 years old. I don't know. What the fuck is, what's the point? It's not shocking. So, like, why did you want to do it in the first place? It's like uh, remaking The Exorcist, except she just got a mild headache. 
right? Yeah, but we don't want to do the devil thing. Nah, yeah, We're not possession. Do that. Insane. All right, so he's let out of prison. He won the some intra jail bowling champion. So he's let out, and he meets his friend Petey, who is Bobby Cannavale, waiting outside the prison walls, and he's just like his. I don't know, just his sidekick, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he's right? he's kind of a little dopey. Cannavale and Turturro both have a propensity to go for the moon in some portrayals. Yeah. But Turturro's really not that in this one. He He's almost unintelligible sometimes because he's just so low and monotone. Like very subdued. Yeah, which is so... <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not like anyone... There's no possibility that anyone can actually be good. So yeah, next, uh, a PD and Jesus, they go down... Just walking down the street, I guess, and they run into John Hamm, who is a hairdresser, and they steal his car, which is like his muscle car. And they drive the car, and they go to see Sonia Braga. So now we need to get another cameo. So Sonia Braga, who is uh, Jesus's mom, she's a prostitute. She's got a John in her bed. Jesus kicks the guy out of her bed. Um, but you see that sex is very dinner. casual with them. Yes, like he exactly. He knows his mom's like he's servicing been around in his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And he even uh, – but then you st- misogyny starts because he's like, yeah. go take that war paint off. Go go wash your face. I want to see your face. So, yeah, they have dinner. Um, the mom gets to do the nobody fucks with the Jesus line. <laughs> because it's like the third time already. They said they're just like – I was bah. just I'm, – I'm, I'm writing in my notes. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What? Is- yeah. Like, why – is this whole movie just going to be this like aimless and yeah 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 it is. So <laughs> they go back and they return the car to John Ham, who sees them outside and pulls a gun. Um, and while he's he's just like this kind of voice, uh, boasting hairdresser, celebrity hairdresser. I don't know. He has like cutouts of himself. All you over wouldn't. His. You don't. You wouldn't know any of this. It's just he's his name is Pete Dominique and he's a hairdresser and he, they stole his car. Yeah, I mean everyone's like doing bits, but they don't have any bits to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay, you're 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 a wild hairdresser, and that's like your bit. That's like all they gave him. You know what I mean? Like, so he's got nothing to do. So um, his girlfriend, however, comes out. Girlfriend, employee, also maybe a prostitute. Not super clear. It's Marie, played by uh, Audrey Tateau from Amelie. Um, but Jesus recognizes her. Marie, Marie. So um, they recognize each other. They're old friends. Petey like freaks out and is like, I'm gonna run away because this guy has a gun now. So he gets shot. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. He gets shot in the butt, of course, right? Yeah. Like John Hamm just like pulls his gun up and just shoots him in, in the back. Shoot, like, right? he's shoot, like a <laughs> magnum. Like he's shooting a Clint Eastwood and sudden impact gun. At a guy who's running away from him. Yeah. Um hits him in the butt, at which point Jesus because he's a badass now, remember, kicks his ass, just kicks the shit out of him, beats him down, how dare you, takes his gun, does the nobody fucks with the Jesus line again, and they get in his car and they steal it and they they run away. So they go to, because again, every fucking scene is going to introduce a new character yeah. and a new cameo. So now it's J.B. Smoove, right? And right. J.B. Smoove is a mechanic. They take it to him and he's got a huge <sighs> afro and they're going to trade the car for a haircut from Marie. <laughs> and at this point, Totoro, who is playing, uh, like you said, in brownface, he has said pendejo, papi chulo, maricon, boricuas, uh, ricans. It's laying it on. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he's in Big Lebowski for like 45 seconds of that movie. It's like, I know. We can kind of get past it. And also, he's a piece of shit. So we're kind of like, okay, it's fine. 
I don't. This, he's in the whole movie. He's in every freaking scene now. I mean, you can't get past the fact that this is an Italian guy playing a Puerto Rican guy. Okay, like we can't get past that. So we go back to the haircut that is happening. Remember, we've traded a car for a, a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and Marie is babbling away while all of this is happening. At one point, I could discern where she says, "Wiping your ass is an experience." <laughs> As she's like screaming about three hundred other things. Who who was harder to understand? Audrey Tato or John Turturro? <laughs> I think Audrey Tato, because she was just babbling too. She's like on this kind of like her character is supposed to be this like manic pixie dream slut um, <laughs> who's like fucked every man she's ever met, but she's just constantly like flying around. Uh, while they um, got the car fixed by J.B. Smoove, we should say fixed in quotation marks because uh, Bobby Cannavale got the idea that they're going to get revenge by cutting the brake lines and re- uh, loosening an axle. Yeah, the wheel will fall off, the brakes will seize up when he's out on the road, and they kind of abandon the car so that the police will give it and give it back to them. Um, but let's, if we can, let's just cram in one more cameo sure. for no reason whatsoever. So Michael Badaluco, again, Coen Brothers veteran, yep. right? He was the hairdresser in... Uh, Man who wasn't there. Ain't it the life, though? He plays a security guard who just runs up on Jesus or Jesus and kind of gets in his face. I know guys like you. I bust guys like you. And, I mean, honestly, it's one of the better scenes in the movie, but also it's just another completely pointless thing because they like have a little standoff and then they walk away and then that's it. That's it. Moving on. Yeah. So they go to a cafe, but then like some cops walk by so they ditch Marie as soon as they see they see the cops and they just take off on the road. They're just like eating they at a restaurant and they get up and leave in a more suspicious way than that. <laughs> no, they, they just they sat had actually just sat there. <laughs> it was kind of one of the funny bits that they're just like and the cops aren't even coming to like that no, restaurant. Yeah. They're actually like walking past. Um, but yeah, they take off, they steal some bikes, they steal a car, they're on a train now. Did you know his name was Jesus Quintana? Did you know he had a last name? I didn't know he had a last name. The way I found out is while they are stolen those bikes and they're riding them, John Turturro just shouts, Jesus Quintana! He just shouts his own character's name. That's helpful. Very helpful. Um, there's a really, I mean, and there's so many. It's just hard to gauge awfulness yeah. here because like you're kind of like, well, the, oh, wait. This is a callback to a scene from Going Places or something like that, uh, and he's just doing it. And you're like, well, but I mean, this scene really <laughs> like it's not. That's no excuse for this scene being fucking awful. So we have a scene where Jesus they get off the train and he goes into a train station and he sees a black woman who is breastfeeding, and he just walks up to oh. her and is like, "There's nothing more beautiful than a black woman." Uh, and he's like talking about sex to her, and she's just sort of like, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no, wow, no one, no human. He says, black, very white, cr- any race would react like that. Like, oh, that's cool. This like sleazy guy is coming up talking to me yeah. about sex while I'm fucking. You're an attractive woman breastfeeding in public. I get to tell you about my, how I lost my virginity. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he really does. Uh, but Marie catches up with him at the train station. She starts screaming at them, "How dare you!" But they all make up. They find a house. Where the men sleep in the same bed together, but Marie is sleeping alone. And then the next day, the men are in the shower, uh, Jesus and Petey. And Jesus tries to coerce Petey into sex. <laughs> he says, let me have a go at you. Yeah. Um, Marie, it's all, it's uh, right. Petey, like, it's runs all right away. It's like, if we're friends. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, it's all right if we're friends. Um, Petey runs away, uh, is chased by Jesus. Marie instead offers herself. 
Um, and this, I think, is where she talks about how she's had sex with 150 men or something like that. Three, basically, 357. Right. She basically is like, I say yes to everyone yeah. so that nobody's nobody's feelings get hurt, right? So I'm just, everyone gets to have sex with me. So, um, But I think she also talks about how, uh, maybe it's not in this scene, but she talks about how she's non-orgasmic. Anyway. It was pretty funny. Uh, they end up having sex and Cannavale's on top of her thrusting and there's a good shot over his shoulder of Audrey <laughs> Tattoo. Just gives him two thumbs up. Just <laughs> like you're doing a good job. <laughs> nothing on her face just the two thumbs up yeah um we should also mention they find out that john ham sold the car um marie tells oh him that's that. right yeah the car was found returned to john ham but he sold it to a dealer at which point pd starts freaking out but then they're like oh look, let's just go fuck so yeah pd fucks marie jesus watches and advises then they switch places but they're very disappointed and pretty much is like their tonal boner kill is to find out that she's never had an orgasm she doesn't um, enjoy sex. She, she, she doesn't does enjoy it with sex. Everybody. She, I mean, yeah, and happily, but yeah. at the same time, she does. She's non-orgasmic. She's even quite confused that that's supposed to be a she thing. She says, "I'm she's built like, wrong." Yeah, um, she's naked this entire time too, which is like, <laughs> so are they, Audrey? Like, I mean, just, I mean, I'm not disappointed. Uh huh. Fantastic, great, but also like, really for this really? this movie? <laughs> this was what really. <laughs> like, she's you French. Sure? You have to pay I them mean, to keep I their clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> so now they go back to the hairdresser. So they take a train to go back to the hairdresser. They're going to rob the hairdresser's place. This is John Ham's place. She, during the robbery, goes insane. Yeah. I guess. She, in the middle, is like, kiss me, kiss me on the mouth, kiss me. And then she. They won't kiss her, and so she just starts like screaming and yelling and going crazy. The alarm goes off. At one point, she yells, "You think my ass is a bowling lane?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she demands they kiss her. They're like, "No, you're going insane." They actually tie her up, leave her there, and take off. And as they're running away, I mean, just to give you an idea of just how unclever this movie is, they yell, "We gotta pull a Houdini." I mean, it's just like that's the first line you would write down. You know what I mean? It's just, ah, it's I just I did laugh. I I hate. I feel like I'm saying that more than I should, but I did laugh when he said we got to go to the mattresses. That's pretty funny. That's someone who has no concept of what they're doing. Just here's a line from a movie. That's sure. what that's what mobsters <laughs> say. They got to go to the mattresses. But instead of going to the mattresses or pulling a Houdini, they go to a bowling alley because we haven't had a big Lebowski callback in right. like twenty minutes. So we got to do a, a callback. He licks the ball. He does a slow motion bowl. He starts dancing in slow motion. So it's basically a scene, but now we're going to build on it because he catches the eye of a sexy female bowler, and they start dancing and doing a samba and dancing all over the place. And her friend is like, off, you know, making very suggestive uh, faces towards uh, Petey. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle, they're like, "We're out." They just leave, and that's it. Season, <laughs> the scene's what? over. What is what is this? I don't I don't know. What was the point of any of that? And I mean, I don't know. I'm all for like non sequiturs and I'm all for just like, you know, again, uh, style for the sake of style and all of that kind of thing. But I mean, so I guess I should point out it's also poorly shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's also not well shot or well scored or well edited or well designed or well. And like it's none of this is good. Like it's not just that. This doesn't fit the mold. It's that it stinks. It's just <laughs> pointless garbage. So anyway, yeah, they decide they want a more seasoned woman. So they head over to a women's prison 
where they wait outside, and sure enough, here comes Susan Sarandon <laughs> just coming out of the women's prison. I mean, break that sentence down. They just go <laughs> hang outside a woman's prison and then wait for somebody to come out. And sure enough, Susan Sarandon comes out, for the love of God. Um, they follow her. She's kind of like by herself, obviously. Um, Jesus comes up and talks to her. He pulls a gun on a, a car that comes up and tries to ask if she's okay. And then he gives her the gun as to, basically to gain trust. And she gets in the car with him and Petey. They go to a store. He gives her money. She buys a sexy dress. And then they take her out to a fancy dinner. But she's obviously like, she's nihilistic, right? Like yeah. she's been out of prison, but she's obviously has nothing to go home to. She has no anything. I mean, we never hear like what her crime was or anything like that. But it's obviously this woman has nothing in her life, has no reason to exist, doesn't care about anybody or anything. Right? Which, which is which, what makes her a perfect character in this movie. A yes, perfect. Right. <laughs> that's who you really want to follow for ten minutes of this movie. So they have this nice dinner, and she basically offers herself to them as thank you for the dinner, but not before, for <laughs> I can't even conceive why, humiliating the the black hostess. Yeah. This is like the second scene where a black woman is brought on screen just so she can be humiliated by A-list movie stars. She's, <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? she's just going on about how she was kept in darkness in the prison, which made her lose her period, and she sh- the blood is what it sh- should really matter and stuff. And the, the hostess even says, she's the voice of the other, and she goes, why are you telling me this? <laughs> so they go back to a hotel room, and they have, like, instead of the sort of com- comic uh, sex scene yeah, we saw earlier... We have like a sensual threesome, like real sexy Latin music's playing. The candles are down. Susan Sarandon's wearing lingerie, and they have they're this just whole going thing. for it. Gropes and kisses. It's a real yeah. e tutoro ma- <laughs> e tutoro mama tambien. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she tells them her name. Her name is Jean. Um, and the next morning, she wakes up. They're still in bed. She just. Casually gets up, gets the gun, and then you hear a gunshot. Boom, she's killed herself. And then we see Petey and uh, Jesus running out of the hotel. And they run, they get on a train, and they run right back to Marie, where they're just like crying in her arms at this thing that has happened. It's like, what? She very happily takes him back after they left her locked up in the place that they broke into. Now we're going to meet, because again, we got to have, this is more of a more than a one scene role yeah, though, right. for Pete Davidson as Susan Sarandon's son. Although, as much as he gives you, it's about a half of a scene. <laughs> yeah, I should say, I, I, I know that Pete Davidson is kind of a big deal, maybe. I, do, I really don't, I haven't had, like, I, it's one of those things I've been able to avoid somehow my entire life. Like, I've never seen, never seen anything with him on it. I did try to watch The King of Staten Island. I tried and failed. Couldn't get, get past the first 10 minutes. He seems quite awful. Yeah, this is my second conversation about him today, and, and the way I put it was like, I don't get it. I don't see what it is other people see. And they, the other person actually rode for King of Staten Island, uh, but it sounds like that's that's not his, his shining moment. I can't. Uh, wow, that's a shining moment. Brutal. Um, but yeah, he plays Marie uh, Jean's son, Susan Sarandon's son, and now he's just getting out of prison as well. It's like the third person who's just getting out of prison. So they take him to this cabin in the woods, and they say, we share everything, and they offer Marie to him 
Marie's like, come on. She's in the house. She's like, come on, sex time. And this is where I started uh, Jesus and Petey start dressing alike. And not yes. just dressing alike, but like mm. they're wearing muscle tanks and like gondolier pants. Yes. White pants, dark blue tank top, and they're wearing yeah, – they're basically are dressed like gondoliers, yeah. right? Because they also have these like flat white straw hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they go and they're talking while she's fucking, and then they hear her have an orgasm. Yep. At which point, Marie starts running through the woods in celebration, and they're pissed off because they're like, holy shit, we tried so hard to give you an orgasm, and you just had an orgasm? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, but Marie and Jack, who is the Pete Davidson character, they just fuck all through the night. I will say, this is my one laugh. This is my one laugh here, and this is the one where you're like, oh... They almost get, like, you can feel they get what's going on on the screen, but, like, they're fucking and fucking and fucking. And then we we see uh, Petey and Jesus outside, and uh, Jesus says, they're from another generation. No respect. Yeah. These guys who have been fucking everything wherever, whenever, for the last who, hour are, like, no respect. Yeah, who, like, who routinely fuck this woman, and then when they find out she actually enjoys sex, they throw her in the water because it's not from them. So they steal another car again. More more car stealing. They take turns driving while the other one fucks Marie in the back seat, and then they get out again. Now she likes sex again. with everybody. She's yeah. She's, I mean yeah. She like she was doing it anyway, but now she's really into it. Um, we see again. We see a story about them in the newspaper related to the murder. Um, they're ready to again dump Marie and say take off, but Marie Marie refuses to leave them. She wants to tag along. They come across a family picnic, um, this- which. If you've seen Going Places, this goes in a very different direction yes. here where they actually pick up the teenage daughter and fuck her. Yeah. Um, instead, they come across a family picnic and the family is just sitting out in a rowboat on the lake and they walk up to the car, which is identical to the car they stole from John Hams, and they steal it. But first, for, then, before that, Audrey Tattoo squats by the rear wheel and pees. Yeah. And when they pull away, she really peed. <laughs> I don't. I do not think they had a hose on set to spray down no. that part. They were like, "You need to pee on camera. Do it <laughs> again." She's French. You have to pay them not to pee on camera. <laughs> so they drive off in this car to a Spanish version of My Way. Which again, what is the fuck? I mean, what is the this movie what is, is the point just... of any of this? It's just so god. Of course, it does because they're idiots. It does turn out to be John Ham's car, and as they're driving. The tire starts to wobble, the brakes seize, and they're coming on a tunnel. They all brace for impact, but all we see is a single tire rolling out of the other end of the tunnel. But don't worry, because it's a dumb and pointless fake out, (laughs) and they all just stagger out together. This movie had fucking Susan Sarandon, John Hamm... Had all these stars in it. Christopher They Walken. weren't budgeted for a car crash. No, no car crashes. None of the gunshots. <laughs> you don't see any squibs. Even like, can we just get a car that's already wrecked? And then we'll, no, we were budgeted for a single tire. <laughs> <laughs> One tire. But yeah, they all just stagger out of the tunnel and the movie ends with them sitting by the side of the road unsuccessfully trying to hitchhike. Recreating the movie poster from Going Places. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't, it's like John Turturro hosted Going Places Fantasy Camp yes. for a bunch of weekend warriors or something, but it's like, it's not weekend warriors, it's 
popular movie stars? Uh, it's just if you awful. got through this and you've listened to us and you're like, this makes no sense. What are you guys talking about? Thank you. Yes, exactly. That's the same feeling you'd have had you watched this movie. Welcome to our world. Okay. Woo. Yikes, a Rooney. Final thoughts before we give our ratings about the <laughs> Jesus rolls. <laughs> Utterly just completely pointless. Completely pointless. It makes no sense to recreate a movie, adapt it, and then the only reason being so you can bring back Jesus or the only reason you bring back Jesus is so you can do this. Do one or the other. Or bring back Jesus to redeem Jesus? Yeah. Like, in not this? A pederast? <laughs> that's what he's he not a pederast. He's just deeply misogynist. <laughs> you pick going yes. places. Yeah, this movie is baffling. The only one I have to compare it to is Deadfall, but Deadfall at least has this like one element of just Nick Cage being completely insane. You know what I mean? He's like a terrible team, uh, like a terrible baseball team where like your cleanup hitter is the MVP or something like that, right? Like he's just hitting bombs and everybody else like is just looking at the ball go by. Yeah. The Jesus Rolls doesn't even have that. It doesn't even have this like centerpiece, you know what I mean? It's not a clever film. It's not shocking. No, no. There's no humanity. There's no poetry. There's barely even any vulgarity. It doesn't push the envelope. It doesn't do anything for any reason. It's just all around pointless, bad filmmaking. Um, I just, <laughs> John Turturro, explain yourself. Yeah. I demand it. All right, just to remind everybody about our ratings. Run of the Mill Bad is a dare. Next level bad, double dare. Not that bad. Reverse dare. Corky, I think I know, but what's your rating? For it, the it's a rules? double dare because it's offensive and not in the way I think he wanted it to be. It's yeah. offensive in why did you do this? This is pointless. It's wasted my time. Uh, yet still better than Mac. <laughs> Mac. <laughs> the movie he made in the 90s about the construction company family. <laughs> is it better than Mac and me? No, hell no better than Mac and me. Mac and me owns. It's fucking awesome. That movie's so good. Yeah, a double dare for me too. It's just it's a it's a very perplexing decision that was made by everybody to make this movie, be in this movie, shoot it, edit it, release it, put a score on it, <laughs> make posters, <laughs> roll a tire out of a tunnel. Why did you do that? Yeah, double dare for me all the way. That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. And remember. They hour our food for one dare you can sponsor two middle-aged white men to go another episode. <laughs> I want to circle back actually really quick um, to David Ehrlich of IndieWire who invoked the name of Jonathan Demi. <laughs> David Ehrlich, I have a message for you. Lick, lick, lick my balls! You're terrible. Retire. <laughs> seriously never write again you fucking invoked jonathan demi's name for this movie for this piece of shit oh my god he really he tried should've... to compare this to something wild didn't he i mean really right oh my god Ugh. it's not even something mild it's something Ooh. nothing it's nothing wild <laughs> wordplay <laughs> all right yes david uh, sorry <laughs> david ehrlich lick my balls you're terrible wordplay. more wordplay go away retire um, sorry, quirky. <laughs> <I interrupted. laughs>
Well, we will be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website. You can also read my top 10 films of 2020. And Jesus Rolls did not make the list. Actually, if I could go back, it would probably be in the bottom five on that list. Along with 365 Days. Ugh. That would be all 365. One to 365 days it's been. Well, thanks for asking. You can catch me performing at Sing Sing Women's Prison or whatever. Dan's just going to drink some daddy funny juice. My hobby is, a lot of people during pandemic have been getting hobbies. My hobby is getting drunk in the morning. Yes. Well, it's twelve forty now. True. Mid afternoon. <laughs> drunk. I mean, I feel like I blow under the limit right now. Let's do it. <laughs> You've heard of two martini lunches. This is like a four martini breakfast. A scotch bottle brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Corky. Yeah. What are you doing? Where are you performing at? What are you doing? You're not doing anything. What are you doing? Are you doing things? Uh, we got some streaming shows going on. Nothing on the reg. Uh, but still, you can take classes online, check out shows online for the Sacramento Comedy Spot. Yeah, Sacramento Comedy Spot. Check them out online. They're doing some online shows. They're doing virtual shows. Of course, you just said that. But I'm, uh, I, I think a lot of people don't really trust something until I say it. So it's true. He's not lying. It's a real thing. <laughs> Go check it out. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. And I'm Corky McDonald's stunt double who has to sit here and listen while Daniel babbles on saying... Jesus Quintana. Let's get riggedy riggedy Rechtschaffen. <laughs> Michael Rechtschaffen. Hit us up, bro. Let's all talk about how much David Ehrlich's. <laughs> <laughs>